0: Well, hey there, families, and welcome to a new episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. Terry and I are so excited to be here with Lisa Hanald. Is that how you say your last name, Lisa? I forgot to ask you. Is that right?
1: Hanald. Yes, Hanald.
0: Hanald, yes. Yep. Um, welcome, Lisa, to the show.
1: Thank you. Wendy and Terry, I'm so excited to be here. Yes, thanks for being on.
0: Yes. So, guys, Lisa is a certified parenting educator and cyber safety expert who teaches parents and schools how to stop fighting with kids over screen time. And Lisa is going to share her beautiful wisdom with us today about three things parents get wrong when they try to pull back on screen time. So, she's going to talk to us about how it's not being consistent, not willing to be a role model, and not including the child or the teenager in the process. So we are so excited that you are here, Lisa. Um, And gosh, you have such an incredible... you know, bio, but the fact that you've been quoted in the Wall Street Journal and you've presented workshops to parent groups, community centers, and school districts, it definitely, um, it just feels like an honor to have you here, and I know you've, you really have a passion for this, so tell us a little bit more about what, how this became such a passion for you, why you feel, um, you know, so so called to teach about this stuff, and a little bit more about your business and, um, where you live, you have to tell listeners the cool place that you live yes. and just tell us a little bit more about you as we kick off this episode.
1: Sure, thank you. Uh I've heard a little bit of your story, Wendy, and I feel like there's a lot of parallels there. Oh. I started taking parenting classes because I desperately needed the information and I just kept taking them. And I heard you say six or seven or eight times? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I just kept taking the parenting classes because the, the way that I knew how to parent was not working, especially for my second born. And along the way, I picked up great skills and I started teaching other parents what I knew. Uh, fast forward about 10 years as my kids were getting into devices and they had their own screens and I was going crazy. I have three kids who are now 16, 14 and 12. Uh, but nice. back in the day when they were just getting into their own screen time, It felt like a never-ending battle trying to figure out where they were going, what they were doing. Are they safe? Are they following the rules that we had? Uh, It just felt uh, impossible to manage as a parent to feel like I was doing a good job when I couldn't see what they were doing. And the final straw where I decided I really needed to pivot my business a little bit and go right for the screen time and the, the angst that parents are feeling was another mom called me to say that my child was doing inappropriate things. And mm-hmm. I was just shocked. I, w- I was devastated because yeah. I wanted to be a good parent. And I felt like I was really involved. And we had talked about the rules. And there was so much that I was doing right. And I thought there was nothing else that I could possibly do. Uh, so I felt really steamrolled and, you know, like a bad mom. Yeah. Uh, so I, I dived in, right? I, I dove into the really hard stuff. I am not an IT person. I don't want to be an IT person. I just want easy solutions. And uh, I I started talking to different companies and and different families and found what I think is the best way to keep kids safe while still letting them experience the internet and all of the positive good things, but giving them some guardrails around that wide open space, because the default is they're not safe. And I need parents to hear that they're not safe by default. Yep. And we've got to do a few things to make sure that they stay safer. Yeah. That's
0: awesome. So it is literally like you as an educator and what you're doing. I was we were talk chatting a little bit um before we started this episode as we were trying to solve massive tech issues, which by the way, we persevered <laughs> through. Yay! We are we are capable, we are able, we did it. But we were, you know, chatting about how this this the demand for your education and your wisdom is probably just gonna keep going up because this is becoming such a big like it's, you know, 10 years ago, it was like, you know, started to become a thing. And now it's like really something that this is not just like, oh, maybe I'll get educated on this as a parent. It's like, no, it is essential learning. It's like essential life skills for our kids who are, you know, the next generation of souls that are coming up in this time and age where it's not like if you're going to be digitally connected with a device, it's it's when, like how soon, right? And so I know here at First Start Family, we really try to um, encourage parents to wait as long as they can with like the personal smartphone devices. We're a big fan of the wait till eighth pledge, and um, and it's hard though because I know for us, um, our kids are are nine and twelve, and Stella, at a, as a twelve year old, is definitely an outcast. She's the only one of her friends, pretty much, that doesn't have a smartphone out in the world with untethered access to all the apps. So you know um instagram snapchat TikTok, um and then just wi-fi 24 7 and it's been really hard um and it's been a journey i've been trying to stop saying the word hard and crazy because it's just a journey um but to be that kind of outcast who has the different set of rules and we are all we are always in learning right um we really we really as a family we want to teach our kids personal self-regulation and self-management skills because we think it's unrealistic to not be like you can't be on anything ever and at the same time we're trying to wait as long as possible and teach them those those life skills along the way so i just really respect and admire what you have decided to focus on and it's really needed and listeners um this is something you know listen up because Hmm. lisa has a, a lot of really great knowledge about this um Awesome. Okay, so and then tell listeners where you're at. So you're in the Pacific Northwest, right?
1: Yes, I live on Whidbey Island just outside of Seattle. So it's a a really quick ferry ride, but it does kind of differentiate from city living. And then you take the ferry out and you feel like you're on vacation the second you're on the ferry.
0: Oh, so cool. You guys have to Google that Whidbey Island Deception Pass, right? Deception Pass because... Deception Pass is one of the
1: world's most beautiful places, I think.
2: I'm sure they filmed some movies and stuff there because the movie. When I saw the photo, I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's so dreamy looking." Yeah,
0: yeah. so cool. Okay, well, Lisa, tell us um, when it comes to like managing screen time, pulling back on screen time because obviously that's such a. I think you know when it, when it comes to pulling back on screen time, it makes me think of a lot of parents. I think get into the the scenario where they don't. They kind of think, okay, we can be a little loosey-goosey with the rules. Maybe they get their kid a smartphone because they think it's for safety, right? We're big advocates for the Gab wireless phone because um, you can call your child, you can text your child if they're at the skate park or they're on a play date or whatever, or you're running late for school, but they don't have access to all of the apps. But maybe a parent has gotten into the situation where, you know, maybe their child has a smartphone or not and then they're on their their device whether it's a smartphone or ipad or something else and they realize that maybe they didn't um didn't know how or they didn't maybe just take the time or there's lots of different reasons, right? But the limits weren't set or the boundaries aren't able to be kept. And now they're in a situation where they're like, whoa, the kids on the devices all the time, maybe they're playing video games all the time. It feels unbalanced. I can see it's affecting their mental health and, um, and I don't like it. And, uh, so they decide we want to pull back. We want to like pull back on the screen time, but there's mistakes that get made. And so tell us about the first one of just not being consistent. Mm-hmm. First, I want to say there's no
1: judgment here. We, we, we're human, right? We make mistakes yeah. and it's all good. Uh, one of the things that happens, you were saying uh, whether a child has a smartphone or not, a lot of times it's a hand-me-down phone, right? We think yeah. we're doing a favor. We don't have to spend any extra money. Like this Gab phone, I love it too. And parents sometimes push back and say, but you have to spend money on that. Yes. Mm. And it's a lot safer.
0: It's a lot safer as a starter phone. In this drawer right now where I'm recording, we have like six hand me down phones. Like (laughs) there is like, (laughs) it's so, it really is. You're right. It is. That is a great point. But yeah, it is so much smarter as a starter phone. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So back to the three points when you're ready, when you look around and you think, what in the world has happened? And it's happening right now more than ever. As a lot of students are completely online for their schooling, parents are asking, how do I know they're doing schoolwork? I have no idea how to monitor what's going on in the day. I just see them online all the time. How do I know what they're doing? Um, The things that can help pull back on screen time are, number one, being consistent when you, what I recommend is parents start off with an apology, Mm, which goes counterintuitive to how... Many parents, you know, poke at kids and say, you need to get off your device. I can't believe you're on there. So, you know, like they're telling yeah. the child all the things they're doing wrong. What I ask in the scripts that I give to parents is to say, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that this was such an addictive device. I had no idea. I had no idea how nice. to give you rules that stuck, how to help you in this path. But I know now that safety is my number one goal with you online. And there are some things that I didn't know to do that I now know. And that's going to look like different rules. That's going to look like some screen time boundaries. And um, I'd I'd really like you to work with me. But what I know as a parent is that I need to keep you safe. And I haven't known how to do that until now. So starting with that script is everything, right? Everything. It's taking responsibility we're always learning, right? I, I want to model that I'm a lifelong learner and that I do better when I know better. Uh, yeah. So that's a way to do that and take responsibility for, I didn't know what to do, now I do.
2: And it's just the truth, which is yeah, you know, beautiful. Truth. You're just being transparent to your child. So, yeah. Yeah. That's great.
0: Cuz it can feel so attacking for a child. I mean, they yeah. they get it's like their it, so much of their happiness is is bundled up into these devices or these video games. Yeah. And and then of course you probably have this, you know, I'm sure you know this you could share with us so much, but I mean, that will be a different episode. The science behind the addiction, right? Like right. what they've shown about what happens to the brain. Like I just when the little bit I've heard, I'm like darn that is gnarly but so here's these kids and their joy is all in there and then we come in and we're like what is wrong with you? Like, why are you on that all day? Why do you want to be on TikTok? What's the big deal? Like take a break. Like our, our Taryn um, plays video games with the, with the neighbor little boy. And you know, I, oftentimes I hear my tone. I'm like, you guys come on, take a break. Like why this is so like, you know, the tone is like, what is wrong with you? You're you guys come on, get out of there. But it can feel very attacking, like, and very, us against them right to a child so I love that script you just gave us because it's like hey we got to work this out and I'm taking responsibility for my contribution which was um putting this in your hands providing you with the wi-fi and <laughs> and um doing you know getting you the games or getting you the apps and not preparing you for success quite yet so that's yes
1: I- and it's what I call a sideways conversation where it takes The child and you and you become on the same page instead of you against the child, the power conflict, the power struggle of I'm telling you to do something. The kid doesn't want to do it because it's fun to be online. And that's where all their friends are. And we have rules that other parents don't necessarily have. So it takes that power struggle out when you take the blame for your portion, which is I didn't know any better. Now I do. Yeah. Uh, All of a sudden they're looking at you like, what? (laughs) That's not how I thought this conversation was going to go. So it's a sideways conversation where they can be on the same page as you. And that's when you can say, um, I want to collaborate with you on these new screen time rules. I know that, say, TikTok is important to you. How about we come up with a rule that schoolwork needs to be done first or there's a limit to TikTok. Maybe it's an hour. Talk to your kids uh, about what's most important to them. That teaches them priorities, setting priorities, and, and having them do what's most important first. Because what I've noticed is when kids have unlimited time, they don't have any priorities. It's just scroll, 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 scroll. Yeah. And when they get bored, that's what they go to immediately instead of creating something or being creative without a screen or using the screen creatively. It's just the scroll, which drives parents crazy, I know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it, and it just it breaks my heart. Like, we were in um, Lake Tahoe again, like, no, no judgment at all. We were just having a conversation, and there are things that I do probably that parents walk by, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're letting <laughs> your child, I don't know, skate, drop into that bowl, or I don't know, there's probably things like that I would never do that, right? But we were at a, a pizza restaurant, and there was a family, and this little boy was sitting there, and he had to have been, like, uh, nine eight maybe and he was sitting there on his device while everyone was eating pizza and he was just scrolling through TikTok and it just it was a feeling of sadness that came over me because I was like man that is that is really that breaks my heart that he's unable to be present with the family and um and and the untethered device he probably just parents didn't know what to do they didn't know the dangers they didn't know like what to do how to prevent that all that kind of stuff but it is, it is a heartbreaking thing. Once it gets to that point, you're like, man, that's, that's really intense.
2: Yeah. And I think like we also, I mean, there's probably a few different trains of thought, but like we see ourselves do that a little bit too. And we see the feeling it gives us. And I think there are probably some parents that a little like alarm goes off in their head and they're like, ah, this isn't great. And I probably don't want this for my child. And then there are probably some other people out in the world that are just kind of like, I don't see the big deal. I don't see the big deal. And so, um, and again, no judgment. I think it's just some people get the little light that goes off and some people haven't gotten it maybe yet. Um, But then it's like, okay, cool. And then you look over and you see your kid and there's this like, you know, sometimes there is this knee jerk reaction to be like, what are you doing? And it's like, it's really because you're disgusted with maybe yourself and what you're doing and then you're projecting on them. Um, But here is a moment to kind of pause and take a a different approach, which is the way that you would probably want to be talked to also of like, ooh, let's uh, let's let's reset here. Let's let's kind (laughs) of let's kind of start over again. Let's reset here. Not saying that we're not going to do this at all, but like if we were to do it in a healthy way, what would that look like?
0: Let's chat for a hot sec openly and honestly about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now. If you're anything like most parents, you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited.
1: That's right. That's right. And that brings us into the second point perfectly, which is yeah. you've got to be the role model when you're asking your kids to get off their devices. You also have to have really clear offline times and talk about it with your kids. Okay. I've, I've been, you know, scrolling, I've been on TikTok myself for the last hour and I'm noticing that I'd like to still be on it, but I'm going to take a break. It's time to take a break and just narrate what that feels like when I work with adults, I have a, an intentional screen challenge. And when I work with adults on uh, noticing the emotions around why they pick up their phone and then mm. how they feel after they've been on different apps that they are on, mm. they tend to say there are certain apps that are their go-to apps that actually make them feel worse if they're on for longer than about 30 minutes. There's this satiation point and then beyond that where you really uh, don't, get a lot of value from it but it, you can't stop it's like you just can't stop and then the emotion that comes up isn't a positive connecting emotion anymore it's uh, you know I wasted time I should have been doing something else it's those feelings of mm, I, sh- I should have gotten off so yes. narrating what that feels like and that there is a point um, where it's time to get off and do something that's offline and just starting that healthy balance within yourself and talking to them about what that feels like really helps the conversation.
0: Mm, I love that. And to get that, like, I love starting to acknowledge the feelings around it yourself and then getting the support that you need to, to handle those feelings without that numbing thing because it just has become a habit, right? And so the more you can get support for yourself, if you're like, if you feel anxious or um, whatever it is, the more you can get support with yourself, I assume. Then once you're helped, then you can help your child with how to. How to have that feeling without picking up the device, right? <laughs> Something like that. Exactly. Well, yeah. I love
2: like. W- I remember like a couple times we've done some, you know, uh, technology resets or like we've like you know stepped away from it. But if we like if we weren't willing to do it ourselves, like that would have been so like. Ineffective or so, like, can you imagine what the kids would feel yeah. like? Yeah, you guys are doing it, and I mean, it, granted, we did put a couple little disclaimers on it for like some work, like necessities, but yeah, um, but yeah, you got to be willing to do it too. You yeah. got, you got to be willing to look at yourself.
0: Yes, yeah,
1: yeah, and without that, uh, we all get in bad habits, and it's interesting. The last couple of years. How both Android and the iPhone devices, there's now ways to track how long you're online every day, what the the things are that you're doing. So there's easy ways to take a look at your usage and start to bring it down or notice, oh, I didn't feel so good that day, and this is the screen time result of that. So there's easy ways to track that.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love it. And then, um, and, and then the first point, tell us again, so back to consistency with mm-hmm. um, the mistake we make of not being consistent. Is this more, Lisa, around like um, you set the rules, you set the limits, and then you make sure you follow through with them, right, as far as consistency goes with both ourselves and the kids? Is that accurate?
1: Yes. And this is a slippery slope. It's really hard to be consistent if you're using your own uh, parent brain. because say I have three kids that's three different if I say you're online for one hour a day that's three one hour a days I got to keep track of right the chances of me starting and stopping and watching what they're doing and reminding them to get off are non-existent I'm working I'm getting around the house I'm doing all these other things and uh, that's a weak point of many parenting battles is that we just there's no way we could physically keep up with it all and what I found is, if you have an app that uh, limits time for you, you don't have to do a thing. There's yeah. ways to do it. You know, you can use timers, you can use other things. But until I actually was using an app that turned off the internet once that hour was over, uh, oh, I love that. It could not be very consistent. It just was not in my capability. I had too many other things to do, as most parents do. So again, no judgment, but for for the families that I work with, using an app to help with that takes you out of it. Now it's not the parent doing it, it's just this dumb app that cuts off my internet after a certain amount of time. But you've already (coughs) collaborated with your child and they already know that that's going to happen. So if they're in the middle of a game and that happens, that's a bummer. You could either choose to extend time for that particular day or you can say, gosh, how could you avoid that surprise tomorrow when that happens again? Oh, I could set my own timer. Okay, now we're, now we're internalizing. Now we're thinking right. that you know we can do something about that and make it better tomorrow.
0: Yes, and I love I can hear your tone and the way you teach in your programs. It's all about teaching the child the self-management tools, right? Because the external app is like, it's an, an assistance. It's a tool to, to serve us. Like, it's not us hovering over them saying, you know, we're gonna check your phone after you go to bed at night. And and I would love to even like hear your thoughts on that because it's never set well with me to be the like external monitor that like checks up and I'm the one who makes sure that they are being good or doing what they're told. But instead, like, hey, I'm gonna teach you how to self manage it because you're gonna have temptations you're you're like without tools and support systems and and people and technology to to you you use as something to support you it's going to be a little bit harder so let's use what we have available to us and then you get to be in charge and of course I'm going to be back here to mentor you and help you um, stick to those limits and let's see how this works Um, so you can manage it on your own when mom's on a conference call or running your brother and sister to volleyball or whatever it is exactly
1: Exactly. Cool. So I'm glad you brought up the uh, looking over phones yeah, like that. I think there's three actions that parents should be taking. One is filtering the internet. Yeah. We don't want them to have access to everywhere as easily as they do right now. So filter the internet. There's many ways that that can happen, whether it's an antivirus software that comes with a filter or the app that I use to limit time also has a filter with it. Uh, nice. So that's a great resource. It's called Circle. That's a great resource. Um, Filter, limit time. The third one is monitor. I do not think that you're building any trust if you grab the phone and try to look through it. First of all, you're not ever going to find everything. They know how to delete messages. They know how to get around that
0: anyway. If that's a relationship you have, yeah. Yeah, it creates
1: a really crummy relationship model, uh, and it's not helpful. It doesn't build up the trust that you're going for. Uh, there's a second app that I recommend to all families. It's called Bark, like a dog barking. Uh-huh. The reason I love it is that it gives kids privacy. It gives them a wide, a wide range of privacy. Uh, and at the same time, I know that if, when, when there's something inappropriate that they send or receive, whether it's a photo, whether it's an emoji, whether it's text, I'll get a notification as a parent. I get like a one sentence little snippet of the conversation, and it's enough for me to know whether or not it's important to follow up on. Sometimes Bark is overvigilant, which I like, right. and I'm like, nope, 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 don't need to follow up on that. Sometimes I'm alerted to really serious things where I see there's either a gap in what I've told my kids and talked to them about as what the rules are, or they know the rules. And this was an exception to the rules. What I like about monitoring this way is my kids now come to me. When someone sends them something stupid, they'll say, you're about to get a bark alert. This is what happened. This is how I handled it. I'm like, yes, you are learning
0: how to handle
1: things. You're learning that there is some consequence to when someone sends or receives something that's inappropriate. It's awesome. So bark
0: how does it register again? So it's like, it's a inappropriate emoji or word or photo. So it's looking
1: for, it's, it's artificial intelligence that scans everything on, I think it's up to 26 different apps right now. So it'll look at Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook. Not that any kids are on Facebook anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, YouTube, which is, um, social media even if parents don't think of it that way it still is social media there's a commenting um my kids have gotten really surprised by some of the words that are out there on on youtube and it's easy to get sucked down into where they don't need to go so it's monitoring i think it's 26 apps and the ai lets you know if there's blood in a picture so that you can follow up if you need to if there is sexual inappropriate things going on violence Um, cyberbullying, there's about eight different categories that it's searching for. And it just gives you a quick little snippet of what it is so that you can go back to them and say, hey, I see Snapchat, there was something that happened. Can you tell me more about it? And it's it's not a tool to trap your child or to punish them it's a training tool. It's, it's our training wheels and it's the, the visibility that we get into their world. So we want to be really careful with it.
0: I love that. Yeah. The, the idea is not to, um, come at them and say, Oh, you messed up. You, you can't be part of this. Cause that's what I'm noticing so much with, um, our 12 year old is this, this, the conversation around either you know mistakes or things that uh, their friends say or her friends say you really have to put so much intention and be full of care around the way you discuss things because as soon as it's like oh my gosh this happened and you can't you you know it's like they will just back away and they won't tell you stuff anymore and they'll get better at hiding it right like somehow they'll get better at hiding it so if you can just have it be this connection piece that you agree upon ahead of time like hey, So anybody out there, like, if you're thinking about, like, again, we encourage everyone to wait till 8th to get smartphones into your kids' hands. And even after that, if you can, but if you have to, if you feel like the kid just pushes back and you have to, and then it's time to, like put the apps out there or even if it's like whatever it is youtube like you said lisa you're you're so right that youtube seems very innocent but it's it's not but it's like the agreement is there ahead of time where everyone's brain is kind of in that logical calm state it makes sense they're they're excited to be able to watch youtube or they're excited to be able to actually finally be able to have instagram what they hit once they hit ninth grade or um you know anything like the, i know all of you guys with little kids like you your kids are on apps too like it's out there but when we make those agreements from that logical part of our brain and then later come to them and say hey um, remember we agreed upon bark we got the notice and now we just need to talk about it so i'm here to you're not in trouble you're not like i'm not going to make you delete the app you know it's like we just need to discuss how we're going to move through this and let me help you understand why that image was put in front of you and here's what to do with it here's how to process that I love this idea of like, but you do really have to be full of care, right, Lisa? Around the way you you come at this, because just the other night, I mean, it's not around technology, but Stella. Well, it kind of was. Stella basically shared with us. She was like, I have a friend, two friends, who have been asking her to like share her homework because she's doing well. She does really well in math, and they don't. And so she did it, and then she asked for our guidance, and you, you could tell Mom's tone was a little bit like what? You know, like I, I was trying my best, but daddy was doing a good job of like super, super mellow, keeping it neutral. And so she was opening more and more with Terry. But with me, you could tell she was like, mom, are you mad at me? She, my friend is not a bad person. Like you're not going to do anything. Right. And it was just this very uh, incredible opportunity to be there with our daughter and really work on myself too, to stay in that neutral space of safety around it would does that I'm sure you're nodding your head, you're like, Yep, yep. <laughs> it's so important, right? But it's really it's a really key element that parents it's tough because you want to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe YouTube put this in front of you. Stupid YouTube. And they're in their head, they're like, YouTube is my favorite thing on the planet. It's not stupid. And You know, so what are your thoughts on that, Lisa?
1: And what if she takes it away from me? And they're observing you as much as you're observing them, they're observing you. And if you overreact, the chances of them coming to you again are almost nothing. Yeah. So it's so important to become outside of yourself, less of a parent and more of a coach at this point. And sometimes my best um, parenting moments are when I pretend that, My child is my client almost. And what would (laughs) I tell them from a place of non-attachment? What would I tell them from a place of I just care about you and I want you to um, grow into the person that's your best self? What would I tell them? It's different most times than what I want to say as a parent who's scared in that moment.
0: inside of this quick, easy to finish program, I'll teach you four steps to really setting those strong roles, but then following through in a way where you're using connection and firm kindness. And what I'll teach you will actually cause your children to want to cooperate with you because they truly respect you and value the rule and the boundary and understand how it serves them, not just something that they have to do or else. And it's just an incredible feeling when you go to bed at night knowing that you followed through on the rules and the strong boundaries in your home without relying on hand-me-down parenting tactics like fear, force, threats, yelling, harsh punishments that really create usually fear in your household, right? We want our children to listen to us because they respect us and because they understand why being part of the team, cooperating well, a lot easier okay so I want you to go learn about this program and let me know if you have any questions freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind yeah oh that's so beautiful the non-attachment is really good we were just talking this morning about detachment and and a situation that we were we were like we should up our game and be really intentional with teaching our child about detachment in this area and what better way than to model it so I love it. Okay, so our, the last mistake that we want to cover and hear your beautiful wisdom on is this idea of not including the kids. And we've touched on it, but tell us a little bit more about how this can be a mistake that can backfire on us when, when we're trying to like create better or stronger limits around screen time or reduce time on screen time.
1: Yes. Uh, a lot of times parents have had it up to here and they just decide that they're going to make up rules about screen time without talking to their kids. And nine times out of 10, those rules don't stick because the parent is frustrated in the moment and they come up with really aggressive rules where there's no way that they're going to ever remember them tomorrow. And if they do remember them, they're gonna regret them because they're so hard to manage. So thinking about screen time as a place of collaboration your kids know how they're using the internet. They know how they're using their devices. They know what's most important. So why wouldn't you include them? And while you're at it, why wouldn't you say, I know that you're on Instagram a lot. Who do you follow on there? Is there anybody famous? Why do you like them? Just get a sense of who they're following and who they're spending time with online. Because that also matters, right? What gets put into their head from um, these these popular or famous people. We want to know who they're modeling after. And sometimes it's hard to do that without sitting next to them and and saying exactly that. I care about what you're doing. What are you doing on here? Who do you follow? What do you like? Show me a meme that's funny to you.
0: Usually I don't get them. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. That's so connecting. And, you know, I think if listeners are listening right now and they're like, well, I have little kids that aren't on Instagram or whatever. But, like, I see that some of these gaming apps, like, you know, are – Taryn will play with, so Taryn's nine is little cousins, like six or seven now, and they'll play like either Minecraft or Roblox. Roblox, And, and then sometimes don't those gaming devices have the ability to like be with other people um, in groups or something. So I feel like that can happen to kids really young too. Is, Is, is that right? Exactly.
1: Yes, that can happen. And while we're talking about little ones, What I want to say to parents is even if your child doesn't have their own device, chances are you'll hand your child your device. If you just Mm -hmm. need a couple minutes at Costco or you just need a few minutes here or there, it's a perfectly fine option to give them your phone every once in a while. But here's what I want to say. You've got to have a filter on your phone, which a lot of people forget because it's my phone. I don't need a filter. I know what to do. But the second you hand it off to your child... Now it's just one click away from bad stuff that you do not want to explain at that age. So the easiest thing to do is is pop a quick filter on there so that it's a it's a safe device for them.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh, that so happened to us. (laughs) Yes, it was it was bad because the thing is is YouTube serves up weird stuff. Like, the way it happened for us was Taryn was really little. He was six, and I think we were somewhere... Yeah, we... Uh, I
2: remember. I tell the story. Yeah. 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 So, um... Oh, my gosh. So, I pulled up to a store. Oh, yeah. I pulled up to Pete's Coffee, and he didn't want to get out, and I was literally in the front spot. I could see, like, I was going to walk in, order order the coffee. I could see him, and I was just going to walk back. So... He um, he was like, let me just sit here and I'll just. Could I just have your phone? Um, And yeah, he was probably like five or six. <laughs> Don't! Whatever. Oh my
0: gosh, people are going to judge us now. We left ju- our car, okay. our kid alone. No, in no San Diego, you. it's very mild. We needed that dang coffee, people.
2: I'm telling you, I was like, there's no line. I'm gonna walk <laughs> yes, in. I'm yes, gonna order the coffee. Yes. And I'm gonna come right back. So I went in, ordered the coffee, came right back out, got into the car, and I noticed him like fumbling a little bit, and I was like, Hey, well what, what are we looking you at? What are we looking tell. at here? Yeah. You know, and, um, and yeah, he went right into the internet and, um, do I say what it is? <laughs> I, yeah. Well, who cares? Well,
0: here's how it comes up. I think at the time specifically, he was liking to watch race car videos and, like, stuff that would have girls, like, doing the flags. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot associated with, like, the race car yeah. world that was, like, girls in bikinis and scant... What is that word? Scantily... Scantily? clad. Scantily clad. Thank you, yes. Lisa. <laughs> and somehow, I think he got served up something else. Uh-huh. And you know how YouTube does that. It ser- yeah, it goes here's woman. what's next
2: he searched it
0: And then here's yeah. I know and then he searched it He
2: searched like, gr- pant- girl. girls pants off
0: Pants down Three,
2: pants down 3 girls pants down
0: and it was awful. Lisa. So we good. were like, "Oh!" And it was an in, it was a it was an afternoon. We were like, "Okay, family meeting, Terry." Like family, and he was so embarrassed and full of shame about it. And it was so sad. And he was, you know, then he went into lying because it took us a while. I had to like go and check on the computer to see what the history was, and it was just we were really unprepared for it, you know. Um, And it went okay, like everything went okay once we talked about it. But man, it just would have been really helpful to probably have one of these filters on like you're talking about, because it probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And
1: those mistakes, they happen and they, you were so smart to follow up on your intuition of I see a little bit of fumbling. And sometimes parents are like, oh, it's probably nothing. But just to continue that, hey, buddy, what are you doing? such a non-judgmental way to find out just a teeny bit more so that you could have conversations later. Uh, yeah, the filter definitely helps with that. It's not perfect. Nothing right. is the yeah. second that you let your child on the internet. Yeah. They're not completely safe. We're, we're trying to make them safer, which is the right. best that we can do.
0: Yeah, which is like the perfect reason why we really do just want to wait as long as possible. Right. And, and again, I can't, I'm sure you probably see this in your work too it's it's like you have to be willing to be the outcast, right I mean it's like yeah. you do and it, it's like being an outcast I always say is cool like be that unique family that stands tall to your values and your morals and 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 you can keep your kids safe these days with with a gab phone or whatever but if you can just wait as long as possible um, and just stay strict or not strict stay really firm with your boundaries and and be prepared and empowered with, you know, a parenting coach that'll help you in that process, right? Like, we're all like, we're here all about like the four step firm and kind process, right? The proactive agreements, the empathy, restate the agreement, give them choices. And but make sure you have a coach that's going to help you follow through with those those limits that you're setting and know that what you're saying yes to when you say no, right? When you say no, you can't just have my phone when I'm not present and you're five or no, like, yes, we need to sometimes, but there's going to be times when we have to be okay being different and setting those strong limits. Because like you said, we can make them safer. But as soon as you open up that floodgate and say, yep, you can watch YouTube. Yep, you can watch um, you can have TikTok talk, yep, you can be on Instagram. It is like it is there's it's just not a hundred percent there. You can do things to help, but it's not a hundred percent safe. Yes. Exactly. So good. Well, Lisa, I know this is just scratching the surface. I mean, you have so many incredible programs and resources to support families who want to go to that next step. And this really is such a a life skill that is essential that everybody gets a handle on teaching their children, right? So tell us a little bit more about the programs you offer. What do you have available? Where can listeners find you? Um, Tell us all that good stuff.
1: Yes, what I want to leave with is... um Making sure parents know that our kids want and need the limits. They actually want us to kick them offline. Uh, They have such pressure to stay online. And, you know, if they're not available immediately, they get some pushback from their friends. But it's important as parents to protect some of their time as just strictly offline time uh, because they're not going to do it on their own. Most of them are going to continue as long as their friends are on there. They're going to continue to be on there. And um, I think that's the biggest secret, really, is that kids want the offline time. They really want guidelines from us. We've got to be, quote, the bad guys so that they have mental health. It's, it's mentally healthy to get offline sometimes. And that's what we've got to teach. So uh, people can find me at centerforonlinesafety.com. Uh, my gift, my free gift for everyone listening today is a video and a handout that is the three top secrets for getting kids off of their phones, off of their devices. Uh, it's a, it's a beautiful, it's a five minute video, super simple handout that really frames up what we want to do as parents to get them off their devices. And it talks about sideways conversations like we talked about today, uh, ways to partner with your parents. With your sorry, with your kids, partner as parents with your kids. Yeah. Um, I've got a brand new course. It's called the Family Tech Reset. Oh, and so it is simple bite size activities that you can do. It's a it's a really short course because I know parents are busy and they don't have extra time to really Go deep. And and what I want to show them is that it can be simple. It can be easy to do these few things to keep their kids safer and do this tech reset, which is meant for both families that have already had a digital crisis, which is, you know, your example of your six year old. That would be a digital crisis (laughs) in my mind where you're like, oh, my gosh, we're not prepared for this. Right. As well as parents that want to prevent that and plan ahead for you know, the bumps in the road
0: beautiful and you said Lisa you're working on a class right that you're going to be teaching you said you're going to be recording that soon I'm going to let listeners know about that we don't have the links yet but they can look forward to that that'll be a free kind of introductory class too is that right coming yes. soon Yes. yes, I will let you know. Yes. I love it. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for being here and for taking time out of your um, your schedule to talk with us. And um, we just really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you so much for your work and for your passion about this subject. For links and more information about everything we talked about in today's show, head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 84. For more information, go to FreshStartFamilyOnline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day. volcano instead of respond like the firm